Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. It is time for us, The Approach Shot. I'm John Ashton. He is Neil. Bring in this righty Michaels. You will understand that uh, illusion uh, in just a very few moments. Some of you probably yes, you will. Little little uh, behind the scenes truth and radio here. Um, rip apart the curtain. We are recording this on Wednesday, the one of June. The one. And as we are speaking, the match is being played on mm. TV. The yes. uh, is it the fourth iteration of the match, I believe. Yes, I think you're right. But this is the first one without any um, professional golfers. It's all professional football players. Uh, it's the old guard against the new, but Brady and Rogers versus uh, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm. They can all Josh, play some golf too. They can. Josh is like a seven handicap. Yeah, and uh, and Rogers and Mahomes have uh, have flirted with ones and two handicaps mm-hmm. but their games aren't consistent so i guess their numbers yeah. are actually around 10 but the thing of it is is josh allen of course quarterback for the buffalo bills some friends of ours who own the encore golf company which is also headquartered in buffalo new york mm-hmm. have been using josh allen as one of their ambassadors or one of their brand ambassadors for a while josh plays encore vero x1 golf balls and josh is on the match playing the vero x1 right now but, you know, I bet you we could get him. That is a good thing. Yes, he yeah. will be on the show. Yeah. Don't know when, but he will be here. Those um, are some damn good golf balls, too. Aren't they, though? Yes, they are. They're expensive. They're, you know, $40 a dozen. They're top of the line. They're premium yeah. four-piece golf balls. They compete head-to-head with the Pro V1s, Pro V8-1Xs, and those. those. If only lot. there was a way to get some that, and not pay $40. You know, we can hook you up because we know people. The Encore people were friends of mine. I called them up and said, hey, I need uh, 144 golf balls. They said, eh, sure. Not Was that problem. for like one round of golf for me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so you could afford to play, Neil. There <laughs> so, you go. And now that we, we're calling it a year supply of golf balls. Hopefully it is at least a year supply. If it's not, we know people we can hook you up with to teach you a, a lesson or two. Okay, right. because obviously you need it. But uh, what you just need to do is uh, go to uh, you can go to approshot.net. Yeah, and sign up to win. Right? It's true. It's on the it's on the landing page. Just scroll down underneath the most recent guest we've had on the show, 
Mm-hmm. Just go down to the bottom of the of the first page there, and it says, "Click here to register for a year's free golf balls." So simple. Yeah. So bring in this writing is a great book. We know because we've kind of read it. We happen to know the author, and he's coming up next. Hang with. We are the approach shot. Hey, this is Neil, and since we started doing the approach shot, I get asked a lot. What other podcast do you recommend? I recommend my buddy Scott Edwards' show, which is called Stand Up Comedy, Your Host and MC. Stand Up Comedy, Your Host and MC is Scott's celebration of 40 plus years on the fringe of show business. Stories, interviews, and comedy sets from stand up comics, as Scott likes to say, interviews of the famous and not so famous. Episodes include stand up sets by hilarious comics like Dana Carvey, Jay Leno, Bob Saget, Jerry Seinfeld, Paula Poundstone, Ray Romano, and more. It's really funny stuff. Scott's interviews are with comics, writers, and friends from the world of comedy, and his material comes from his chain of comedy clubs. He's produced dozens of comedy fundraisers and even written two books on comedy. So if you need a good laugh from the famous and not-so-famous, go to scottscomedystuff.com and download an episode or five. That's scottscomedystuff.com or download Stand Up Comedy, your host and MC wherever you download podcasts. And thanks for hanging. This is the approach shot. I am John Ashton. He is Neil. Bring in this righty. You see, if if he accented the proper syllable, I would have understood. Right. Like, so the the point there was the book is called Bring in the righty. Right. I was just making it my own. Bring in this righty. But actually, it's that lefty that we really want to talk to. <laughs> Jerry Royce, sir, welcome to the Approach Shot. How are you? Hi, John. Hi, Neil. I'm doing great. I was just listening to your conversation about the free golf balls. Your supply of golf balls, as soon as you said that, I thought, how many golf balls would it take for Neil <laughs> to get him through a year? What's the guess? Well, we should make that a contest. How many golf balls would it really take for me in an entire year? And I'll tell you, the 144, maybe not. One of the take care parts. of you for a little while. It should. Even yeah. now, I could get through at least a couple of rounds. I remember I was I was following um, Fred that Couples. Old, what's it I mean? was following Freddie Couples at yeah. um, at the uh, Heritage Open down at Hilton Head. He hit a ball into the gunch. And at that time, he had five minutes to look for it. Nobody could find it. They were looking, and finally, after about four and a half minutes, she says, "Oh well, balls are free." <laughs> Pulled one out of his pocket, <laughs> took a drop. You don't know how much easier it is when you don't have to pay for your golf balls. You're no longer going to sit there and and worry about, man, I can't find my ball. It's, eh, I didn't pay for it. Let someone else find it. Just drop a new one and move on. You know. You know the interesting about thing about that is I think he may have had to do a few things to earn that, <laughs> um, like maybe play some golf and win yeah, some tournaments and, and play some golf well, which yeah. is why they've never come to us and asked us if we need any free golf balls. If we're talking about winning things, though, Mister mm-hmm. Royce, thank you for joining us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Two hundred and twenty games. First of all, why aren't you in the Hall of Fame? We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> I always do this to start. I have your bio, or at least my version of your bio. Jerry played in four decades, only one of 29 other major leaguers to ever do that. We call you the Elton John of the Dodgers (laughs) because only Elton John in current music has actually played and had hit records in four 
decades. Over his career, he, uh, one year he led the league in games started, one in shutouts. Toward the end of his career in 1988, I, this this blew me away, Jerry. He went 13-9 and nine with the White Sox and pitched 183 innings at the end of your career. He pitched uh, over 200 innings 10 times, over 250 innings three times as a two-time All-Star, and what I thought was one of the coolest things, which I remember well, you won the 19. 19- 80 all-star game representing the Dodgers in Dodger stadium. So that's some of the great things that happened in your career. And then we have a whole bunch of other things to talk about. Let's, let's start with the 220 games were over eight different teams. Most people kind of know you as a Dodger, but you had some great years with the pirates twice and the white Sox and a bunch of other teams. Do you feel like you were a lifetime Dodger or do you, bleed Cardinal red and, and some of the other teams as well. You know, it all depends on where I happen to be physically happen to be when I'm in St. Louis, people remember me as a Cardinal or Mm -hmm. they remember me for some of my exploits while I was in high school, because I'm from St. Louis with Houston. I got 40 starts in a year. That's their record. So there's still some memories of me, even though I was with the Astros just two years Five years with the Pirates, there are a lot of Pirate fans out there that think that once a bucko, always a bucko. Mm -hmm. And of course, eight years with the Dodgers pretty much cements the relationship that I have with that ball club. And then after the Dodgers, there were a number of other teams. Probably the White Sox were the one that people would remember me by because of that particular season you just spoke of. Uh, No matter where I go, there's somebody who remembers me from one team or the other. And as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter because I have fond memories of each and every team that I played for. You know, what's really interesting about the Dodgers is that the Dodgers, whether it's by choice or whether it just happened, has a history filled with amazing left-handed starting pitching. Koufax, you, Fernando Valenzuela. Is that something you think that they go out and look for and say, we need a lefty to pitch to be a, a, a an ace or a number two? Or is that just something that fell in their lap? Uh, well, you missed on a couple of the names. Kershaw is another big name. <laughs> that's, uh, that's right. There's that there guy. Is, who's pitching for him now was a 20-game winner. But going back a couple of years, you got Tommy John, Claude Osteen, and just a host of others. Johnny Padres, he's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a number of pitchers who were with the Dodgers who did quite a job during their tenure there. I don't think they went out and specifically looked for a left-hander to fill a role uh, and expected that player to fill that role. I think they were looking for the best scenario, uh, find the best guy they can, put him in there and see what happens. Now, for me, it resuscitated my career because I was floundering the last couple of years with the Pirates And I saw that there was really no immediate future with them. I didn't realize 11 years later, that's how I'd finish my career. But that's that's fodder for the book. But, you know, for me, going to the Dodgers, a couple of adjustments made, uh, choosing my pitches and having better command, better control, and playing for a team uh, that was at that time a perfect match for me, it allowed me to have five of my best seasons Uh, during my entire career, all of them coming from 1980 through 1985. Uh, 1984, nothing to talk about, but the other four years, uh, 
I was among the best in the National League in a lot of um, a lot of different categories. So I'm particularly proud of that, and I'm glad it worked out for both myself and for the ball club. Hey, Jerry, when when I mean you're a seasoned major leaguer by the time you went to the Dodgers. So when when you know you're in the meeting in the in the you know head office and they say um, you're going to the Dodgers, Jerry. Do you swell a little bit with pride going, hey, you know, it's 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 a storied franchise, it's the Dodgers, or is it just another move for you? Well, in this particular case, going to the Dodgers because they had just one left-handed starting pitcher, that was Doug Rao, and I knew that there would be an opportunity for me, even though I was slated to come out of the bullpen, and I was promised by Lasorda, if we get a shot and need to use a starting pitcher for a spot starter, you'll be the guy. And that's all I needed was just a a chance to Mm -hmm. show that I could still do it. Uh, Even though my record was 7-14 and in 1979, it was an installation of confidence in me because I knew I could still start and I knew I could still win ballgames. And that set the table for uh, my year in 1980 where I won 18 and the comeback player of the year. Right. And six shutouts. Yeah, six shutouts. Um, pretty, that, uh, that was something. I, I got on a roll. I came up with a cut. <laughs> Say fast. so. I, got on a, I, I, I developed a cut fastball. Now, a cut fastball, what is it, why is it different from a regular one? Well, it depends on how it comes off your fingers. For whatever reason, I developed a fastball that came off the inner part of my middle finger on my left hand. And that caused a lot of movement. But the most interesting thing about it was the command of the pitch. I could throw it for a strike when I wanted, where I wanted. And that only complemented the other fastball that came off the outside part of the middle finger. So I'm operating on both sides of the plate. I'm changing speeds with the pitch on the outside part of the plate that has some sync to it. So I got a fastball, a changeup, a pitch in between, a curveball that I could throw for a strike. So when you're working like that, you're running on all cylinders and uh, it's an exciting place to be because when you go out there, you feel that you're on top of the world and nobody can beat you. It's just a matter of putting the ball where you want. And you're frustrating some of the best hitters in the game you know, of all time too. Well, they, yeah. They, yeah, these were guys who yeah. were, if they were in the league before, they, they saw a different pitcher during the term with Pittsburgh, particularly the latter part. Yeah. And they said, he's doing something different. Well, the big thing I was doing different was locating my pitches. And with the addition of the cutter, which I could throw for a strike, it only made the other pitches that much better. Like I said, running on all cylinders, you know, that's, um, that's a rarity because that you don't always have that. You'll have periods where your pitches will all be working, and that's maybe for an inning or two. If you're fortunate, you'll have a whole game where it's like that. And if you're really blessed, that means you'll have a period of time to where everything that you seem to do when you go out to the mound, you're right where you want to be mentally and physically. Fantastic. We have more with Jerry Royce, and we will be right back. It's summer, and the heat wave is here, and so is sweating and sticking and chafing. Beat the heat and have a frostier summer in brand new Tommy John underwear. Because when you wear Tommy John, you're that much cooler, so you can do everything better. Cutting the grass could only take you 10 minutes. You could get your first hole-in-one. 
With dozens of comfort innovations, Tommy John will keep you looking and feeling cool all season long. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics like me. I love my Tommy Johns, especially when out camping or on the golf course. And Tommy John doesn't just make you feel cooler. You actually are cooler. Stay up to 7 degrees cooler than cotton in Tommy John's Apollo underwear. Shop TommyJohn.com approach right now for 20% off your first order. That's 20% off right now at TommyJohn.com approach. TommyJohn.com approach. See site for details. And thanks for coming back. The approach chat. We are here, John Ashton, along with Neil Michaels, our guest Jerry Royce, former Dodger, former I don't know, former Pirate, uh, Cardinal, no, you, Cardinal, you, Cardinal. That you yeah, have enough time to go through the team. Yeah, it, Jerry. The happened. interesting thing about what you just said before we went to break was how you were kicking on all cylinders and how you had developed the cut fastball. But over the course of your career, you wouldn't have been known as a strikeout pitcher by any stretch. Um, no, no, my, my phone just fell down. Good got, fielding there, Jerry. This, this, <laughs> clearly, is, uh, this is a low-budget production here. <laughs> clearly, so, we missed out on the gold glove on that one. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah, I was able to react. There we go. Um, I'm still looking so you good. Were, you weren't exactly a strikeout pitcher, yet you no. had command of the strike zone. Today's game had, is you look to see if you can get – a guy who can and can have nine to twelve strikeouts per game. You were more on the six to seven. You know, it wasn't because you were throwing blazing fastballs, but you had great command. Well, great command. It, it and plus, uh, in addition to the pitches that I could throw for strikes, I pretty much changed the philosophy because I no longer threw the ball up in the strike zone. I pitched to contact. My concern was getting it out in one of the first three pitches. Mm. And, and I sat down one day. I was on the bench. I got a legal pad. And I wrote a heading at the top. And I said to myself, what are all of the good things that can happen if you get somebody out on one of the first three pitches? And I filled out a page and a half. Mm. And it includes things. First thing I wrote down, you're not going to walk anybody. And mm, two, and I said it. I said, unfortunately, you're not going to strike out a lot of guys because it takes a lot of pitches to get strikeouts. Right. But for me at that time, a strikeout was important when it was needed in a situation. And then I pitched for the strikeout. But other things, because I had a team behind me that was a good defensive team, not a great one. Mm-hmm. And they played a lot better when they were on their toes. And they knew that if a ball came to them, it was going to be there in one of the first three pitches because I wanted to throw the, a pitch down in the zone and create a ground ball. When you do that, mm-hmm. you don't give up a lot of home runs. You'll give up a double or two because the ball will go down the line, but it's easier to defense against that than the ball's going 400 plus feet. When you put that all together with command of the pitches, trying to get somebody out in one of the first three pitches, there are a lot of good things are going to happen. And it worked that way for me. I know strikeouts really put a smile on a lot of people's faces, but it's an out. So do we. Any way you can get an out <laughs> and save pitches. Yeah. Uh, and I used to refer to them when I was a coach as a pitcher's bank. If you can save what a 10, 15 pitches during the course of a ball game, put them in this imaginary pitcher's bank. And within a month, you've got enough pitches saved for another complete game. And considering you go five and a half, six months during the season, you got six games worth of pitches in your pocket. So when everybody's getting tired in August, 
you're still on June or July supply of pitches. Mm-hmm. And then when September rolls around, the weather gets cooler, things are going to break your way because you never had to go through those dog days of August wearing yourself out with pitches from April or May or even June. When and why did pitchers start to become so specialized with starting pitchers, middle relievers, closers? I mean, that's that's kind of a recent affectation in the game, isn't it? Well, when the game's over 100 years, there's always going to be some changes. And remember, there was one time when there was a four-man rotation. And get yeah, this, that's, that's with true. that four-man rotation, when you throw between starts, you throw batting practice. Yeah. So you throw 20 minutes of batting practice, that's a lot of wear and tear on the arm. And then, of course, salaries go up, guaranteed contracts. They do have insurance. Clubs do have insurance on these contracts. Mm-hmm. But still, you've got to pay out a lot of money. So the feeling is let's cut back on how often we use them and try to find a better way to keep everybody healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the years that I pitched, sports medicine was just coming into vogue. And as a result, they started naming some of the injuries. And whereas years before, they just said, well, he's got a sore elbow or his shoulder's a little bulky or, or something. There was never any kind of uh, idea as to exactly what the problem was. But sports medicine grew. And as a result, they were better able to take a look at some of these injuries and try to find a way to either prevent them or to limit the time that it keeps the player off the playing field. So does Tommy John get a cut every time somebody gets one of those uh, procedures? Did I what? (laughs) I was going to say, does Tommy John's get a cut every time somebody gets a procedure? Maybe maybe a bad choice of words there on the cut. I don't know about that. I'm more concerned. Does he get a cut on the underwear that's being sold with his name (laughs) on? Now that... Now, that's something that we ought to talk about here. When you get him on as a guest, ask him that question. Big sponsor of ours. So, hey, to Tommy John underwear. Um, Jerry, in 1980, not only did you have probably the best year of your career, not only were you an all-star, not only did you win the all-star game in Los Angeles pitching for the Dodgers, but you pitched your only no-hitter of your career. And as a Dodger fan, you pitched it against the Giants in Candlestick. At the time that was going on, in the midst of the game, did you have a sense that it was happening, or were you just in the zone? Yes and yes. (laughs) Now, yes, I did have a sense that it was happening because in San Francisco, when you looked on the field, they had the biggest scoreboard I've ever seen, and it was just above eye level for the outfielders in in left and center field. That's how big it was. Uh, I didn't give a thought of a no-hitter until I got through the order the first time, even though I was aware that they had just one base runner. That Mm -hmm. is the result of an error in the first inning. Thank you, Steve. You get through the first three innings and you think, okay, okay. I was more concerned about us putting some runs on the board. We gradually did that. But when I went through the order a second time, we're in the sixth inning, and I go, hmm, we might have something here. Let's see. What <laughs> so I began the countdown. Let's get the first hitter out and see where it takes us. So I went from nine to eight to seven, and I said, <laughs> all right, we got through seven right here. We just need to get six more outs. And I think the people in San Francisco, they knew the game was pretty much over. We had an eight to nothing lead. Mm-hmm. So they stuck around and said, let's see if he gets it. So I go out there for the eighth, and the number goes from six 
to five to four. And then the big inning, we, we went out quickly in the, in the top of the ninth. And then the question was, can I get three outs? And I did. Two ground, all three of them were ground balls in the infield. The interesting thing, in fact, what I did, and I think it was a year or two ago, I have the DVD. I had a collector who said to me, look, can we do something here? I'd like to copy your no-hitter. He says, I can convert the videotape to a DVD. And I said, you're the guy I've been looking for. So I sent it to him, and he made all the DVDs that I wanted, maybe a dozen or so, and I distributed them to different people who had an association with the game. So I actually sat down and watched it once completely in the 30, no, we're 42 years since it happened. Only once did I watch the entire game. And I kept a chart of it, all the pitches that I threw and the breakdowns as I would with a pitching coach. It was 107 pitches. I threw 72 for strikes. Now, wow. in, the, in the last three innings, only threw 25 pitches. Mm. 25 <laughs> pitches to get nine outs. Yeah, that's what I said. I sat back after I counted that, and I took a sip of my beverage. had a little bit of a head on it still. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, that's pretty – I'm impressed with that. I never thought about that before because I looked at it from a different uh, different perspective and a different state of mind. So uh, I kind of enjoyed it, uh, but that's the only time I've watched that game in the 30, 32 years since I've thrown it. Well, that goes back to your, your technique of trying to get outs on the first three pitches. Well, that's, that's when I developed that, uh, John. Okay. Uh, I thought about that, and I said, let's get some outs here, and let's get something over the plate – and then keep them aggressive. There's a corollary to that as well. Throw two of your first three pitches for strikes. Now okay. add that because that, that makes the one-one pitch really important, doesn't it? Because now you got to throw a strike. But mm-hmm. if you get the strike one and two, and then the, you take a look at the batting averages throughout all of Major League Baseball, at least from what I remember, hitters hit about 180. But if you let the count go two and one, they ended up, hitting 100 to 120 points higher. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. key pitch in the sequence is the 1-1 pitch. If you it, Odds are, if you get that for a strike, you're going to have more of a chance to get an out than you do if you let the count go 2-1. Yeah, well, that's that what sense. makes the fact that you pitched three seasons and had over 250 innings make more sense. Because 250 innings, even in, in – the Steve Carlton era where he would go 300 innings and Seaver would go 250 and 300 innings. That's still a lot of innings. And of course, in today's game, you know, a quality start is six innings. So if a guy gets 180 innings, they're giving him a contract for, you know, go, go get a state, um, go buy a state or go, you know, go buy a country for the amount of money they'll give him. But no, they, what they do, they just say, hello, partner. there you go so 10 times over 200 innings and three times over 250 innings now it makes a lot more sense to a baseball purist because if what you're doing is limiting the actual number of pitches intentionally as you had said earlier well you got a lot in the bank well you do that bank is a big thing because you cash that in if you don't cash it in one season then you cash it in the next or the next. And then people ask, how did you last so long? Well, part of the secret was that I had pitches in the bank and I was able to use them when I was 40 up until the time I was 41. I wanted to add one thing and I forgot to do this 
then I did get a sheet of paper and I wrote all of the bad things that can happen to a pitcher by trying to get somebody out on one of the first three pitches. Now, I, it took about two innings before I came up with something. And you know what, <laughs> That's what I ended up with? Your name won't be in the strikeout leaders in USA Today. <laughs> That's all I have. That's the best I could come up with. That's kind of important to many. You know, uh, one of the things, Jerry, about your career that has impressed both of us old radio guys is the broadcasting portion of it. And we're going to talk about that and a few other things when we come right back. We are the Approach Shot. Jerry Royce is our guest. Hang with us because there's a lot more good stuff coming up. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Now that it's warmer, as the shopper and part-time cook in my family, I'm looking to spend less time grocery shopping and cooking. That's why I'm so glad I found Factor. With Factor, I don't have to meal plan or prep, and I can still eat well. Factor delivers chef-crafted meals to your doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in just two minutes. These are fresh, never-frozen prepared meals that are so delicious you won't believe they're actually good for you. This week, my wife had the pork tenderloin and cheesy cabbage, and I had the loaded bacon and spinach chicken. Yes, they are as mouth-watering as they sound. Change your eating habits today. Head to go.factor75.com approach120 and use code approach120 to get $120 off. That's code APPROACH120 at go.factor75.com slash approach120 for $120 off. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Men, want to feel younger, stronger, leaner? You don't have to slow down after 40. Frank Thomas found the secret to staying in shape with the energy and drive of his 20s. Man, you look like you could still hit it a mile. I feel great, too. What gives? After 40, men slow down. It's harder to stay in shape. Why? Our free testosterone levels drop. It happened to me. And then I found Nugenics Total T. New Nugenics Total T is our most powerful man-boosting formula ever because it boosts your free testosterone and your total testosterone. Nugenics Total T helps provide even more energy, performance, testosterone, and muscle-boosting ingredients for even better results. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text GRIT to 321321. Samples are not available in stores. Well, wait. What are you going to do something about it now? i got to try Nugenics Total Tea. Text GRIT to 321321 for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. That's G-R-I-T to 321321. We are The Approach Shot. I'm John Ashton. He is Neil. Bring in this writing. You still got the book handy, Jerry? You want to hold it up? Oh, I do. Yeah, Jerry Royce, author of Bring In the Right-Hander. That's it. That's it, man. It just came out in paperback uh, earlier this year. So if you go to jerryroyce.com, and that's R-E-U-S-S.com, you can also get yourself a personalized autographed copy. And it's a hardcover. This is a hardcover. You get a hardcover autographed copy of the book. So it's jerryroyce.com. And again, the book is Bring in the Right-Hander. Turn my attention back to the photographs. I decided we got to remaster these because there are new techniques. And so I upgraded a lot of my photographs that appear on Flickr. These mostly are photos of ballparks Mm -hmm. from 1988. And the key about that is that most of these parks don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the collection is called Lost Ballparks. And if you take a look at them, you'll see some 
beautiful photographs. I mean, stuff that you, you probably have never seen before across from a river or from above looking down and just angles that if you're just a fan getting a ticket and going and sitting down, you may not get to. You have to take a look at some of these, especially the ballparks that don't exist anymore. First of all, it's a memory you'll never be able to actually capture yourself. But the photographs are just gorgeous. And uh, is there a book of them somewhere or is it just on Flickr? Just on Flickr. I'll post one every week on Facebook. And I know there are a couple of people that are very interested in old ballparks. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feeds their desire to see these things. And I know they appreciate them. So what good is taking all those pictures if I couldn't show them to somebody? Right. So I looked at Flickr and I said, um, let's go ahead and do this. And I have almost 7 million views since 2009 of the photos that I took back in 1988, some in 1990 when I was with the Pirates. And I have a lot of pictures that um, I bought um, some years ago. The historian for the Dodgers sends me an email. He says, you might want to see this. It's available in an eBay auction. And it was the original film strip that was used in my 1971 baseball card. I got to have that. (laughs) That's where it all came from. So Mm -hmm. I won that. And then when this film strip arrived, I gave him a call and I said, what's it going to take for me to buy everything of me that you got? And we came up with a deal. So I got every film strip, every original piece, and a high-resolution scan of all of the pictures that were used on top baseball cards. And when I posted them on Flickr, I did them side by side. It's phenomenal what those photographers were able to do. And I tip my cap to Topps even to this day for Mm -hmm. preserving those because not only was it enjoyed by me, but for baseball fans who really love Uh, good photography and some rare things that otherwise you wouldn't see. I I described within those uh, posts uh, where the picture was taken, approximately when it was taken, and if there's a story behind it, I included that. So it was a lot of fun to do that and uh, write the book. Well, Jerry may have 7 million views, but Neil's got about six questions. He does. Yeah. All right. Let's have it, Neil. It's One, time, get, Give me your best shot. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Break Jerry. We call, this the, we call this the six-pack. We put you on the hot seat. We ask a question. We expect the first answer that comes to mind. If you don't, you'll hear this. That means we know that wasn't your first thought. Question one, if you could have a beer and talk with anyone living or dead about sports, who would it be? Babe Ruth, because I know that the babe, at least from what I've read, he enjoyed his suds. Nobody ever said, babe, you can't do that between innings. You got to wait till after the game. (laughs) Babe was known, uh, reputed to have tasted a a brew or two during the course of a ball game. Mm -hmm. If if they could have traded him to Milwaukee when it was the Brewers, (laughs) they would have had something there. Well, same St. Louis was a big brewery um, city as well. So St. Louis or Milwaukee, well, we would have seen a different side of Babe Ruth. We might be drinking the Babe beer as we speak. The Babe beer as we speak. You're right. (laughs) Question two. At what point during your no-hitter did you know you had one going? And even more importantly, how did the dugout treat you? I knew from the first pitch. I know from the first pitch of every game how many hits I've given up. Stop. I knew from the first pitch during the course of a game how many guys I walked. 
I was aware of every little thing uh, that went on during the course of a ball game. For instance, if a hitter came up to the plate guessing on a pitch and he changed his stance a little bit, I noticed that. I can only guess that it helped me pitch for as long as I did. Now, your second question, the part was, how did the dugout treat you as the game went on? My habit was I found one spot, I had a towel there, and I put my jacket right where the towel was, right on top of the towel. So when I came in, uh, I looked for my jacket, and during this particular ball game, it always was right where I left it. So I guess guys had a little bit of respect about it. They knew that we possibly had something special going on. They wanted to be a part of it. It didn't matter to me. They could have hung up the jacket and left the towel or gave me a clean one for that matter. Yeah. All right, question three. We at the approach shot have this magic wand, and it gives you power to change the outcome of one game that you played. What one game would you change the outcome of? Mm, boy, that's a tough one. There was You had talked about the 220 wins. There were 191 losses. <laughs> so I'm going to have to fill in 191 different slots for that. Um, possibly the one that had been the first game of the 81 World Series. I would have liked to have changed the outcome of that. But Ron Guidry and the Yankees were just too good that night in New York. Mm-hmm. So, All right. But I give credit where credit is due. They came out. They knew what they had to do. And Guidry was the guy to get it done. Yeah. Yep. What a game. What a game. All right. Question four. Jerry, you have to pick one. The do run run or do a diddy diddy. Oh, the do run run. <laughs> he, he said as if it was a fact. <laughs> oh, it is a fact. The do run run. Do you know that um, the lyrics that they use for do run run were just place fillers? Yes. They were going to come back. And I think the writers of that, um, uh, Greenwich, Ellie, L- Ellie Greenwich and her writing partner, and I'll remember probably when we're off the air, Jeff mm-hmm. Berry. They were writing that, and that, the Do Run Run was just a placeholder, and they were going to replace those lyrics with uh, something that was more meaningful to the song. But they never could find anything that was better than Do Run Run, and they looked at each other and said, this is rock and roll. It doesn't have to make sense. Put it in there. And it became a big hit. It That's sure right. did. I mean, More you can once. the guy who put the bop in the bop shabop shabop. I mean, you know, it's the same. That's Barry Mann. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Mann was a songwriter. He just happened to do that one song. I guess that the person that they wrote it for didn't show up, or uh, they had a need or a reason to get that thing recorded and get it out because yeah. someone else might have stole it from them. But they yeah. put it out. Barry Mann was the guy who wrote it, recorded it. But after that, he went, He was a songwriter, and and from that era of the 60s, he was quite prominent, and uh, I hope he's listening. <laughs> so do we. <laughs> Question five. Your collection of photographs that we've talked about called Lost Ballparks has some of the most amazing pictures of ballparks that I've ever seen, as I've already mentioned. Which one photograph meant the most to you? Well, there's a, there's a few that probably have different meanings uh, for different reasons. Uh, there's one I shot in 1990 in St. Louis. I got out uh, well before the teams took the field, and this happened to be on September 30th. I remember it because it was my final trip as a ball player to St. Louis, hmm. and it was also the day that the Pirates clinched the National League East. So I went out there 
with my camera and I got a shot from behind home plate in, in that late September morning sunlight that put a cast on the ballpark that was unlike anything that I had seen. And remember, I saw old Bush Stadium or Bush Stadium set two when it first came out back in 1966. Mm. So all those different years, I had never seen this particular view. So that was one pretty good picture. And then there was, um, um, there was a couple of other things when I strung some pictures together and, and posted them. I think there's one of Milwaukee that's pretty good. Uh, there's one of Seattle that's good. There's one of Cleveland that uh, it, it's simply outstanding. It's a great panorama. So if you go on to Flickr, F-L-I-C-K-R, type my name in, go to the ones that talk about Cleveland, and you're going to see this panorama. And you're going to say that that's about as perfect a picture as you can take. But remember, when I took the pictures, I had no idea there was going to be a thing called Photoshop that would mm -hmm. uh, that would digitally stitch all of these pictures together and finally have them make sense. It's it's a remarkable collection. Oh, had it go to well, thank you. I agree. like that. Just Google Jerry Royce photographs and it'll take you right to Flickr. All right. And question six, <clears throat> since we are the approach shot, we ask this of every guest who comes on. Jerry Royce, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by? Well, at different times of my life, I, I've lived by different rules. Today, it's the future is now. Uh, my wife and I have talked about this. Uh, it used to be in years ago, we'd say, you know, one day we're going to. Uh, right now, it's if we're going to do it, let's do it and get it done now and make plans to do it right. Love it. Jerry Royce, you are off the hot seat. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. You're welcome. And, and we, John, we haven't even gone into talking to him about his broadcast side. We should do a Jerry Royce part two. We should. We should. In fact, when, when we get off the air here, we'll have to pencil that in the calendar. No, we'll, exactly. see what, we'll see what we can do. But in the meantime, <laughs> let's not forget the people who brought you this, this podcast brought to you by, there it is, available at jerryroyce.com. If you go there, you buy it. I'll sign it, I'll inscribe it, and I'll put it in the mail, personally. But well, yeah, that's guaranteed. We're a one-man operation, and we work 24-7. <laughs> Phenomenal. So, Dodger fans, Pirate fans, Cardinal fans, every other team fans. We got you covered. Fans, get out there and get it. Pick we it up. We got you covered. We got plenty of copies. Don't be afraid. And Father's Day is coming up in a short period of time. Don't get caught flat-footed. Is, How about right that? Exactly. That's, a, that's a Father's Day gift people would should pick up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Jerry Royce, man, a pleasure to meet you, sir. And um, we we just want to hear the plethora of stories you haven't told us today. So, oh, well, <laughs> it, if if you want more stories, there are some in the book. Take a look at the book, and and like anybody else who writes a book you got to get more stories than what you can actually use for it. And um, uh, the people uh, at, um, let's see, the University of Nebraska Press said, you know, we can only fit so much in here. So let's try to choose. If you're going to choose a multitude of stories on the same subject, just pick the best one out. But there's usually, for every story that I have, there's usually three or four that are similar to it. And they couldn't be told for one reason or another. Well, mainly because this is a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. 
All right. So Jerry Royce, the man who either won one of the games for the, the team that you love to root for or beat the team you love to root for. Uh, we've we've all run into Jerry Royce on the on the uh, baseball diamond. So, Jerry, thank you again, sir. Pleasure to meet you. And John, a pleasure to meet you. you. Thanks for having me on the show. Neil, nice job coming up with those questions. Uh, you pretty much covered everything right there in that six pack. I, now, I, did, I did my best minus you being a member of the Missouri Hall of Fame. So now yeah, I have Missouri, Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. That's true. Now you finish that six pack of questions. It's time right now when this is podcast is over to start on another six pack. I, yeah. I, I sounded like a Where's challenge. Where's the babe? Where's the babe when we need him? There you go. Love All right. All right, Jerry. Thanks, man. You're Thanks, welcome. Jerry. See you, everybody. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Have current events affected the ability for you to pay your bills? Has your credit card debt overwhelmed you? Has your income decreased because you're working less or have you lost your job? Credit Guard of America may be able to help you find a solution to this problem. We offer a free, no-obligation consultation to learn how you can cut your payments by up to half and potentially lower your interest down to zero. Credit Guard of America is an A-plus rated nonprofit company that will work on your behalf. Credit Guard of America is licensed in all 50 states and has counseled over 1 million consumers struggling with debt just like you. Let us help you analyze and prioritize your debt. Negotiate with your creditors to reduce interest and payments. Set up one affordable monthly payment and provide ongoing education and support. Call now for a free no-obligation consultation and learn how you can become debt-free. Call 800-613-7650. That's 800-613-7650. 800-613-7650. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-590-0443. That's 800-590-0443. Again, 800-590-0443. Man, that was, I mean, did you get the sense though? I mean, you saw the bookcase behind him and he said before we went on the air that he'd read every book that was there. Mm -hmm. This guy is not only a student of the game, but his photography and, and his book writing, he's got the creative side too. So he's got the analytical mind with the creativity. And when he said he knew in the first pitch if he was going to have a great day or not, yeah. that's yeah. that's yeah. rare. We have not talked to anybody who has said they have that kind of foresightedness. Going back to uh, the six-pack that you, you normally do, one of the questions that you've asked a, a couple of our guests have mm-hmm. been, you know, if you could put together the perfect foursome, who would be in it? I thought of you uh, last week. We were out on the golf course, and that that question came up. Again, one of the guys said, hey, if you could play – with the perfect foursome, who would it be? And one of the guys said, well, I'd, I'd love to play with um, Arnold Palmer, mm-hmm. Jack Nicholas, and mm-hmm. Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be phenomenal. And the other guy said, yeah, I'd, I'd like to play with uh, with Jack and Tiger, but I'd like Freddie Couples in there too because I just, mm. just love Freddie Couples. And then they looked at me and I said, I want to play with me and three guys I know I can beat. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. I, as you said that, I'm thinking, why would you want to be the much the, the worst by far in the group? <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on, man. 
<laughs> Let's oh, get my. real here, okay? Yeah. Not only would that be more fun, but you'd probably end up with a pocket full of, of cash. <laughs> <laughs> that so, you know, play that way and pay for the round. This this was a fun show. This this was really, really fun. Yeah, he yeah, was man. he was delightful. And and I have to tell you, I usually write notes and it looks like this. Mm-hmm. And you know, usually it goes to about, I don't know, here. Yeah. And with him it came all the way. And I yeah. started to write on the back side because Again, we didn't get to the fact that he's been the the color commentator for the Dodgers. He did commentary for the Angels. He's been working with the Las Vegas 51s, which is a minor league team for the last 17 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just, he is a lifer. Yeah, yeah. And and where's the passion on his sleeve? And and obviously. So um, so if anybody, yeah, anybody ever asks you what your perfect foursome would be, put together a group that you know you can win. Because yeah. because it's a frustrating enough game as it is if you start playing with people you know are really, really better than you. Yeah. And keep in mind that it, whenever you call golf a game, that the same people invented it and called it a game that invented bagpipes and called it music. And remember, too, that life is a gift. So go open it. You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.